0: move to the song when it's like, that's me, that's my song, that's my most highest vibration possible, right? And from that place, oh my gosh, you're going to get totally surprised and delighted, right? You're going to be completely floored by what is actually going to come through that is even greater because that's what you really want. What you really want that's your highest vibration is a mystical, unpredictable adventure of your life. That's really what you want. So don't stop until you get there. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. So today's episode, I want to share with you a piece from the retreat that we just did. Just a little clip. It was such a magical few days and I think that people felt really transformed. I certainly did and I certainly witnessed it. So if you're thinking, what would it be like to be part of that experience, then you can check it out. We actually decided not to do another retreat in December because there's just so much going on with the holidays But we are going to do one in January. So if you want to check that out, you can go to kathyheller.com slash Lux L-U-X-E. And my Abundant Ever After program is available right now, and it's on a pre-sale pricing. So it's really good stuff, and there's a lot of extra bonuses. That program seems to be the one that everyone is saying is just life-changing and really helps you just to start manifesting nonstop, like in your life in such incredible ways. If you want to check that out, you can go to kathyheller.com slash join and uh, you can see what that's all about. So let's get into today's episode. I hope that you're going to enjoy this. Take a listen. It's a feeling of pulling toward me something that's over there. Right When you attract something, when you attract somebody across a room, it's like this feeling of pulling toward you an energy that's somewhere else. And then there's this magic in taking something over there and pulling it over here. Mm -hmm. So that's not Kabbalistic. Okay. So Kabbalah would say the word Kabbalah means to receive. Mm -hmm. L'Kabbalah. If you're in Israel and you're speaking Hebrew and you want to receive something, you use the word Kabbal to receive like kabbal, Kabbalah, Kabbalah, Using it in different conjugations. That's what the word means. Wow. Think about that. Okay. Think about this 5,000 year old concept of reception. So what does it say? What is the writing? What is the teaching? Right. The teaching is it's all here already. So if there was a radio sitting next to me in this actual room, this receiver, this radio, we could literally do this exercise. I could go to Best Buy and get a radio and sitting here right now in this room, I could turn on a station and we could receive, we could listen to a baseball game. We could listen to hip hop. We could listen to salsa music. We could listen to NPR. Could we? Of course we could. What does that mean? That means that that's already here. I just need the right receiver to hear it. Think about that. That's actually how it works. Legitimately how it works. That means if I'm in my car and I'm driving from here to Tennessee, which I've done, along the way, my car has a receiver. Wherever I am, I can pick up because it's already there. Whoa, 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 whoa! So I don't have to attract it. It's already there. Hang on a minute. I don't have to attract it from over there. I just have to be able to receive what's already here. Oh my gosh, that's such a change. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to hold on to. So what is it? It's allowing it in. It's the law of allowing. It's the principle of receiving. It's making space, which means. All I have to do is tune my tuner. It's already here. All of it here. All of it here. All of it here. The market is already here. The currency, the money has already been made. It's everywhere. It's all around you. It's already there. You don't have to attract it. You just have to receive it. Allowing it in. Ooh, that's so different. There's nothing to pull. There's nothing to push. There's nothing to do. It's just to allow. So, so what we wind up finding is, We've built resistance to it. So the reception is about dissolving all the walls we've built to receiving it. Because we talked yesterday, there's some really big, juicy reasons why for a lot of us, a lot of the time, it doesn't feel safe to receive. Oh, okay. So that's what's going on. But truly, truly, truly. Like when I had you guys close your eyes and I said, if we're all energy, there's nothing separating you and the person next to you. There isn't, there isn't, you're seeing it that way, right? You, The photons, the way it looks when it hits your eye is you perceive me as separate from Colleen, but that's only because we don't have certain lenses and microscopes and technology. But I assure you if the sun were to hit the dust particles, you see that, right? But you can't necessarily see the energy coming off of her, but I assure you it exists. I can almost feel it. In fact, go like this without touching your hands together. I want you to just go like this as if you're holding dough, you're making hala, you're making slime, don't touch your hands together. But wow. Notice now I really want you to notice as your hands get closer, the heat. Did you just feel that heat? Did you feel that? Yes. That's actually real. Okay, That's reality. There is actual energy between your hands. There's not nothing. <laughs> There's no such thing as nothing because it's all empty space. You're made of empty space. You think you're made of bones and everything like that, right? But you're not. You can feel it and your hands are still buzzing. That's your actual energy. You're, you're just aware of it right now, but it's always there. And if I were to take a x-ray of you, you see that there's just empty space. It's all empty space. And if I take an MRI, why does an MRI work? Because the ultraviolet rays, the ultrasound, right, is sound bouncing off of what? Sound. That's why you can take a picture of it. You're not made of anything physical. There is nothing physical. So just like a radio, that's your job. Your job is to tune in. You have to find the tuner. So it clicks on the matching station to the music you want to hear. So that's done with your vibration. So if you're in resistance, you are not tuned in. You are holding yourself apart from the awareness of what's here. It's still here. If you have a penthouse oceanfront apartment, but you never opened the windows and you have these blackout shades the ocean is still there. You're just not looking at it. It doesn't change the fact that the ocean is there. You just don't enjoy it. You just never opened up the shade. Okay. It didn't take away the fact that this massive ocean is there's like, all that exists is God. All that exists is coherence, but you can block yourself from being in awareness of it. You're still in it. Funny enough, Your cells are still charting the rhythms, right? The circadian rhythms, the seasonal rhythm. So the majority of you is actually totally coherent. You just might actually be perceiving a lie of separation, lack, scarcity, which puts you in ego, which puts you in the anti-self, which puts you out of alignment. And meanwhile, it's all going on without you. It, It doesn't need your permission. It just does what it does. But you can learn how to be a master manifester, by just being a master receiver, by having reception, radical reception. So that means having awareness, where is your energy? Where is your focus? What is your vibrational match in this moment? Oh, you're in ego. You are literally, it's like iRobot planted a software program where you believe you are this person with this story and you keep repeating the story so the emotions, your body doesn't know if that's happening in the past. It experiences it as the, pre- the present. So you're, there's no reception. It's just resistance. It's actually amazing how much people have accomplished with that, with that much resistance. It's actually, that's what's amazing. Like, that's, like, it's incredible, right? So what we're doing is moving into radical reception. So now how does this tie into making lots of money? It's so obvious how it ties into it. This is why I'm so clean with selling, with enjoying this. Oh, it's so fun, right? Because really, I want everyone to turn on the receiver because it's all right. already there. So when people are in their story of like, I'd love to go into that store, I'd love to buy that sweater, but I can't afford it. I'm like, Oh, come under my wing. Let me take you under. Let me just show you a different way of looking at the world. Like you can't afford it. You have access to it. It's energy that is literally a mirror for the energy, right? It's all done. We, we know all of these stories, but I feel like these stories are so great. One of my skills, like I'm a good storyteller. And I feel like when we tell stories, like we go through them, like we're in the movie, we're in the scene. And so I just love this one, which is that Oprah was... She was trying to be in the world of broadcasting, but she was very much like not a known person, right? And she was being told all the time, no one would hire someone who looks like you. You know, like that's what she had. And she was going into a bookstore one day and she she read the book, The Color Purple. And she sat down in the bookstore just to kind of like look at it And read it all cover to cover, like in that one moment, like literally sat down in the bookstore and sat there for two hours and read the book, weeping. She was like, this is my story. This is my life. Oh my God, this is me. And she had such a deep, radical feeling of reception. And she said, this book will be a movie and I will star in it. And she just was a match. It was like 100%, no resistance. This is it. This is me. I can't believe this is a book. So she bought every copy that was in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. And walking back home, she literally just handed the book to people. She's like, you have to read this book. You have to read the book. Went back the next day, bought every copy that they had. She kept like wiping them out of this book, just buying it, buying it, giving it away, giving it away. And sure enough, it was a year later and she gets a call from her agent and she says, there's a movie they're casting and it was not called The Color Purple. It was called something else. And I I would like you to audition for it. And she goes, you sure it's not called The Color Purple? And she's like, no, it's definitely not called The Color Purple. I don't know Mm -hmm. what that is. And she's like, well, you have to read this book, by the way. (laughs) Anyway, and she goes into audition And she's handed her sides, like her script. There's like three pages she's going to read. And she's looking at the sides. And the first thing that the other character, who she's going to be reading with someone, right? The first thing on the page, it says Harpo, right? Because her husband in the movie, Sophia's husband, her character, Sophia, he's Harpo. So she's reading with the casting director. She looks at it, walks in. He's like, are you ready? She's like, yeah. He goes, Harpo, Harpo. And she's like, what? This is insane. That's my name. Like, that's my name spelled backwards. Like, this is crazy. She reads for this part. She just knows, like, this is the color purple. I said this was the color purple. I knew this was the color purple. I know this is my movie. I know this is what's happening. And she walks out of there and she sees all these famous actresses, Angela Bassett and Alfre Woodard, like all these famous people. And then she goes into resistance and she goes, who am I thinking? I am like, no one knows me. I'm nobody, zero, nothing. She's famous. She's so famous. She's incredible. She's an Academy award winner. Like, I can't believe I was thinking that I was going to get this part, but I know this is my part. God, God, I know this is so crazy, but like, I know, but can I know? Like, so she leaves and she's waiting for a call. and waiting for a call. And she doesn't get a call. So she calls Steven Spielberg's office. And the woman who answers the phone is like, you don't call here. (laughs) Like, (laughs) why are you calling here? No one does that. And the answer is if they want you for the part, they'll let you know. But like, I, I don't know who you are. I know that they're auditioning every major film actress and like, please don't call. So she was like, Oh my God, I was wrong. It's hard to believe that I was wrong, but I was wrong and I have a feeling Alfred Woodard is going to play this part. It has to be her. Of course, I saw her there. It's going to be her. It's her part. So she leaves and she says to herself, she looks in the mirror and she's like, I'm so fat. Like this is what it is. I'm so overweight. Like, why would they want such a fat woman? They don't. That's what it is. I'm fat. I sabotage myself because I'm so fat. So she checked herself into one of these like places. She, Her words, she calls it a fat farm, but I don't know what it actually would be called, like a weight loss place. And she checks herself in and she's beating herself up like, you idiot, like you probably could have gotten this part, but you're so overweight. And so she's there for three days. She's running on the track and she just starts crying and she's crying so hard. She literally falls to her knees and she says to God, okay, you're going to have to help me. I can't let this go. I can't accept that I'm not going to have this come to life. And so I need you to change my heart. I need you to help me bless Alfre Woodard. Like I, I have to come to the other side of this. I will never function. I will never move on. Take it away from me. Bless her. And so she said she stood up on the track there and moved off to the side. And she pictured herself walking over to Alfre Woodard some point in the future and congratulating her on winning an Oscar for this part in the color purple and blessed her and said, thank you for playing this part. Of course it should be you. You're the most wonderful dynamic actress. And, and thank you for telling my story. And she got all the way to the other side and she finally felt peace from, it had been like six weeks since the audit. She was like, Oh, I'm good. I'm okay. And at that moment, and someone runs out to the track and she's like, Oprah, are you Oprah? She's like, yeah. She's like, there's a phone call for you. So she runs inside and it's Steven Spielberg. He goes, hi, this is Steven Spielberg. And she's like, oh, oh, hello. And he's like, where are you? And she's like, oh, I'm at a." And he goes, please don't tell me that you lost one pound. And she's like, no. And she had not lost some weight. She's like, absolutely not. he goes, if you lose an ounce of weight, it's going to be major problems. Get your butt to Los Angeles tonight. I'll see you in six hours. And she's like, okay. She said she ran to Dairy Queen. She had three milkshakes, two ice cream cones, running to the plane, packs up everything, quickly, quickly gets to LA, walks into his office. She sits down. And she's like all flushed and he leans in and he goes, it was always you. And he said to her, you're actually the first person we cast. Like, it's always been you. Mm -hmm. And from casting you, we casted everybody else. And she just burst into tears. She's like, I've never done a movie. But this is my movie. This is me. This is my life. This is my story everything and he's like I know and thank you because you're going to make this movie and so they shoot this movie the movie is a huge success there's all these Oscar winners it's amazing it changes lives and she gets a call we'd like you to have your own television show (laughs) (laughs) So she says that was what she thought that would be the greatest dream in the world is to play this part and tell this story because that is literally her childhood trauma come to light. And it's so beautiful. Little does she know that that will just be the beginning of what becomes the single largest television show in TV history, which will never be replicated because with all of the streamers, if you combined all the audiences on all the platforms, not one show comes anywhere close to even a 10th of the audience of what the Oprah show was at the peak of the Oprah show. It's a one and done never in history, never before, never since. And that started with reception. That started with sitting in a bookstore, not knowing the how, not worrying about the how, just totally tuning in like, oh, this is me. This will be a movie. I will be in it. I will be in this movie. I will play this part. And didn't need to know that the real mic drop will be after this movie. Like, no, no, you will lead this nation. You will bring everybody here, right? Mm -hmm. So when we move into reception. It's like, keep changing the channel. Like maybe you're playing a channel where it's like, it feels a little good, but not super good. Right. Or like you have a little idea, but part of you is not totally and utterly over the moon. Like, no, change the channel, like move the channel until you're like, That would be the single most incredible, like the end of the Disney parade with all the fireworks and all the music and all the lights. Like that's what that would be. Keep changing the channel. Like, why would you stop a 97.3? Like, all right, they're playing Duran Duran. You like it. It's like, no, keep moving. It's like move to the song when it's like, that's me. That's my song. That's my most highest vibration possible. Right. And from that place. Oh my gosh. You're going to get totally surprised and delighted, right? You're going to be completely floored by what is actually going to come through that is even greater because that's what you really want. What you really want that's your highest vibration is a mystical, unpredictable adventure of your life. That's really what you want. So don't stop until you get there, right? So begin your day with that. And because that's true, because I believe it with everything I know about reality itself, of course, I love to bring anybody, right? We're all marketers. We're all influencers. We're all salesmen. Whether you have a child or you have a best friend, you know how to sell them on ideas. You know how to market to them. You know how to influence them. We are all that way, right? And why? Why? When you know reality works this way, how could you not want? To market and sell and influence people to that level because everything, everything, everything is that. That's all people want. They want access back to their own receiver. They want to come back home to their own deeper sense of resonance and alignment because from that place, all things crack open. All things are possible. We just know that that's true. That's how it is with. All of the people I've interviewed, with my story, with your story, with any of the main crescendo points, it's this, right? This is what does the heavy lifting. It's not the lamp; it's the light. It's not the faucet; it's the water. The water is doing the heavy lifting. It doesn't matter what the faucet looks like. It could be a spigot in your garden hose. The water that comes through it—that's the heavy lifting. Frequency carries energy. Frequency carries energy. What does that mean? You could have a great cell phone. You could have a great letter but you need the Wi-Fi to send the text. It's energy that carries information. It's energy that carries Morse code, cell reception. It's all through energy. That's how we receive data. Energy, 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 no matter what. It's all in the frequency, the frequency, the frequency. It doesn't really matter what your sales page looks like. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day, even if you have the product made or you're just pre-selling the product. What's the resonance they're buying? The energy is the glue, right? The energy is the glue. Focused, coherent energy, love. That's all it is, it's actually called love. Here we are, so nervous about a sales page, we're wondering what the strategy or hashtag or marketing is gonna be, and your energy, your coherent, resonant energy can actually change the blood plasma inside of something outside of you. That's how powerful love is. I watched a documentary with Dr. Bruce Lipton a few months ago. I was with him and he showed me footage of being in, they were in Japan, shooting a documentary and completely separate from what they were shooting. The cameraman got this bacterial infection in his eye It was getting worse and worse and worse. He didn't know what was in his eye. They went to all these doctors. They could not figure out. They're like, I think you're losing your eye. Like, you're going to lose your eyesight. It was so awful. And here they are shooting something, having nothing to do with this. So they find this man who's a healer. He's a medicine man. He's literally like just a shaman. And I'm watching this footage. He's like, you have to see this. And I'm watching footage They go into this man's clinic. He has like a very dinky little office, but of course he's like renowned and like all the people in the village knew of him. And he was even smoking a cigarette, this man. So you're like, okay, he's not even, he's not trying. He's not, he's not even approved. He's just himself. Right. He's like an older man. And he's like, probably looks like late seventies, early eighties. Beautiful though. Like literally smoking tobacco They walk in, show him this man, this cameraman. He's like, my eye, it's all swollen, this and that. This guy stands in this room, moves his hands over this man, moves energy through his hand, holds his hand over this man's eye, concentrates this energy, this like a laser. I'm like watching this like with my own eyes. I can't believe what I'm watching. And the man on the table he, like, starts shaking. He starts convulsing just from, like, this energy field, like, being held over his eye. He sits up. His eye, all the swelling goes away in his eye just like that. Just a, It was, like, just, like, when you, like, pop a blister, like, all the swelling gone. He sits up. He's, like, crying. He's, like, what did you just do? Oh, my God. Like, I can totally see. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. They, like, rub some ointment on his eye. He's fine. He gets up. <laughs> His eye, like within a matter of like minutes, like he's fine. So then the doctor's like, what was that? What did you just do? He's like, I'll show it to you in a much more simple way. And he grabs a newspaper and he takes newspaper pages, crumples them together, puts his hand over the newspaper and sets it on fire. I watched that. And then he tried to explain to me like how that happens because you are a lightning rod. You're just not using it. You have the ability to be a conductor of the energy that creates worlds, that heals people, that moves this world. One person can do that. That's Nelson Mandela. That's Gandhi. That's the Dalai Lama. That's, Golden May era. that's like, that's what was Beyonce, like one person, but it's not your body. It's the energy inside the body. It's not this 78-year-old medicine man in Japan. It's inside being able to conduct that much light, right? You're a lightning rod. You're a receiver. You're a radio. You're not, it's not Pavarotti. It's what's flowing through Pavarotti, right? So when you look back, Look back right now at this. What's passed down? Look at what's passed down. And notice how much separation is passed down. And when you're in separation, you've just diluted yourself. You've told yourself you're a body. You're a, you're a point. You're space and time. You're concrete. You're in this one space. You have no power. The only thing you can possibly do is protect yourself from everything else that is separate from you. There is nothing there. There is no mystical there. There's no movement there. There's no power there. There's no love there because it's all fear-based. You can't move from that place. You have no wings in that place. So that's what that is, right? Hold on. And that's where greed comes from. Because if I'm worried that all these people could take this from me, because I'm separate from all these other ways, I have to hold really tight to what I have. So it's the opposite. The word currency, which is money, comes from the word current. It's like blood in the body. It's never yours. It's just something that moves Mm. through you. It's never yours. You are not separate. So there's nothing you have. Even if a person amasses through their vessel billions of dollars in their life, when they move into the fifth dimension, they leave it all in this place. Even when they're in this 3D plane, all of that money is being used constantly to fund student loans and make, make hospitals come to life and fund research projects. They were just a vehicle. They were just a conductor. You are a current. You are not a separate I. That's a small I. That's not you. That's not you with a capital Y. That's you with a small Y. That's why Deepak can be so wealthy. He doesn't notice it. It's not part of him. He's just a lightning rod. It's just moving through, in and out, in and out. It's like blood moving through a heart. It's in and out. You are not separate. It's not about you. Stop making it about you. You're not an ego. You're a soul. That's why you love this conversation. It feels so much like home. It's not about you unless we're talking about who you really are, which is an extension of God himself, right? It's only one energy. It's only oneness. It's only one field, right? Let's read Einstein more. Let's wake up and have a cup of coffee and just read Einstein. Just read the word. Just read. Just read from the smartest person who's ever walked the earth, who knew anything about time and space and how it was all made up and the illusion of what is and what's actually real, which is one field of energy, one source that cannot be split into two, one field that cannot be created or destroyed. It was always and will be, and that's it. So we are all extension of that. So why would you not want to have unless you're telling me that you're an ego? If it's all about you, got it. If you and me are separate, and now it's embrace about how much you have and how much I don't, we've got problems. Then you shouldn't have anything. You're right. Because that's a very misaligned view of the world. Mm-hmm. Oprah... She said, when I have all of this money, this money, I say to God, thank you for letting me be a custodian of this wealth. And it's great responsibility. And my job is to be an ultimate receiver. So I receive, I receive, I want to eat beautiful food. I want to eat organic food. I want to co-sign that everyone can spend more because they can receive more. So I wouldn't deprive myself a house in Montecito. And at the same time, I would use all of this wealth and be aware that I'm a custodian and underwrite schools in Africa and help clean water wherever I can because I am a messenger. I am a lightning rod. There is no such thing as Oprah. It's made up. It's a story. She, When she was, you know, just burst into this consciousness. She's an electricity. She's an energy. They just gave her a name. She's more than her name. She doesn't need a name. It's nameless, right? In fact, the word for God in Hebrew is Hashem. People say Baruch Hashem. What does that mean? Hashem just means the name. Because in the Torah, there's 70 words for God. Some are feminine. Some are masculine. It's energy. It is, was, and will be. And our main prayer is Shema Israel, Hashem Echad. God is just oneness. God is just oneness. God consciousness is unity consciousness. That's all that there is. That's all that there is. Right? That's it. One. Just one. Not two, not eight billion. Just one. Just one. So from that standpoint, if you're a lightning rod, why would you want to be a lightning rod that doesn't conduct energy? And how much energy would you desire to conduct to be a lightning rod? You'd want to conduct as much energy as possible, right? So you'd want as much love, as much oxygen, as much grace, as much energy, as much currency. If indeed you are the current. You don't even have to look at your bank account. You don't have to budget. You don't have to worry. It's in and out. Barbara Corcoran, who's a billionaire said to me, I don't look. I don't notice. All I know is every time before the money hits the bank account, I've already spent it. I already know where it's headed. Hire somebody else, build another building, create 15 more jobs, spend it on this, spend it on that. That's what builds the economy. That's what builds wealth for other people. Keep putting it back in the world. Right? And so that means that as soon as you plant a cherry tree in your yard, you just created more cherries for everybody else in the block. So this is a deep, 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 deep paradigm shift. So this is why I asked you to also jot down whatever love meant as you sort of look at it, because how we do one thing is how we do everything. And so if we have a way in which we hold ourselves apart from receiving money chances are what's right behind that is a way in which we deny ourselves love and they typically will go together and it's because there is a feeling that love is hard earned it costs too much right it's that line in wicked where elphaba says well if that's love That comes at way too high a cost. And what people wind up doing is they make God like their parent. And so whatever negative quality, right, we sort of felt, we project that onto this universe. This universe is net positive. It's not even net neutral. The deck is so stacked in our favor. It's unbelievable. And I said that before, where if you cut yourself within an instant, your body moves into repair. It's not net neutral. It's net positive. The second you tune in energetically, you've had this experience. You're like, the synchronicity was crazy. Like I was feeling in the flow and then this happened, this happened, this. I was like, right. That's how quickly, how lucky, how beautiful that this is the way the matrix works, that by tapping in and by being aligned and by setting down the blocks, we find coherence with that, which is of the ultimate power and frequency. And we move into resonance and things start to unfold. I mean, Amy Purdy's life is an example of that. Obviously, my life is an example of that. So many elements of your own life are an example of that level of magic. It's incredible. But if we think that money will cost us an arm and a leg, first of all, it's going to be very hard, right? Even that which we have of it, like we'll feel exhausted on some level because we'll we'll have a default that it needs to feel hard. So we'll, we'll be addicted to the heart. We'll keep creating it. Like I can have the money as long as I create a certain amount where I'm just drained. I have this default feeling that feels familiar. So I will set it up to where I will allow for more units of energy called money to come in as long as I'm giving. For every unit of energy that comes in through me called money, I have to give exponential amounts so that I never really feel anything other than what's familiar, the arm and the leg, the cost. It's exhausting, right? But that's not really love, right? That's not really energy. That's really still ego. That's really not being in grace, like true humility then, right? If humility is the opposite of ego, then it would be full receivership. It would not be about fear. It would not be about protection. It would not be about ego. It would just be a grace, a fully coherent signal, a fully in-service lightning rod, right? That's where the ego goes away, just beauty. And really that's... um I think when you look at images, like people in the Royal family, like you look at Kate Middleton, right? There's something about it where, you know, she just, we're, we're projecting, but this is kind of the element that you feel is she's not pushing. She's just receiving (laughs) and she doesn't have to talk loudly. She can be gentle. There's a feminine power in. Thank you. Yes, please. Someone opening a door for you, someone bringing you something made of cashmere and lace and gold. It's like, thank you, right? There's a feminine to the receivership, right? Where there's just grace and you don't have to push and you don't have to muscle. You don't have to prove, you don't have to hold and you don't have to do any of those jumping jacks. It's just setting down the ego. It's so mesmerizing to look at. It's what we all want. We all want that. And we all have it inside of us right now. So that's why we're wanting to just, when you become conscious of what you are unconscious of, it starts to go away. My mindfulness teacher used to say to me, if you went to your home and it was very late at night and the house lights were not on, but this is your house, you've been there a million times, then when you walk through the door, even with no lights on, you would not stub your toe on the banister because you know where it is. But if somebody was staying in your house and you left the key under the mat and there were no lights on, then there's a chance they might step in the dog's dish and bump their toe on the banister. But when you're aware, just the awareness, just being conscious of what's there, you won't bump into it. That's how powerful, mindful, that's what mindful awareness teaches. Just being aware, just having the consciousness to see what's in the unconscious, done. It no longer has power on you so there you go there are some important reminders in there here are the takeaways number one it's already here you just need the right receiver to hear it it's allowing it in receiving making space which means your job is to tune in number two the reception is about dissolving all the walls we built to receiving it you can become a master manifester by just being a master receiver by having radical reception Number three, keep changing the channel until you hear your song. From that place, you'll be totally surprised and delighted. That's your highest vibration, a mystical, unpredictable adventure of your life. That's really what you want. Don't stop until you get there. Number four, all we want is access back to our own receiver. We want to come back home to our own deep sense of resonance and alignment because from that place, all cracks open, all things are possible. Number five, frequency carries energy. It doesn't matter what your sales page looks like or whether you have the product already made. It's the resonance that they're buying. The energy is the glue. Number six, stop making it about you. You're not an ego, you're a soul. It's not about you unless you're talking about who you really are, which is an extension of the one self, of God. It's only one energy, it's only oneness. Number seven, when you become conscious of what you are unconscious of, it starts to go away. It no longer has power over you. And number eight, the universe is net positive. It's not net neutral. The deck is so stacked in our favor. We find coherence by tapping in and by being aligned and by setting down the blocks, which is of the ultimate power and frequency. Move into that resonance and things will start to unfold. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. It means so much that you're here. We have so many good episodes that are coming out. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. And if you're a fan of what we're doing, share the show share the show, share the link, text it to someone, email it to someone or post about it on your Instagram. And you can tag me at kathy.heller. And if you want to be in the room for a retreat, you can go grab a spot at kathyheller.com slash Lux. You can be with us for our retreat in January. And if you want to be part of our Abundant Ever After program and get in on the pre-sale discount, you can start learning all of these really important tools to fully receive and have amazing receptions that you can co-create the most amazing life, go to kathyheller.com slash join. I'll leave you with a song of mine. I love you. Have a great weekend.
1: i